Call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. All right, all right, you win. <laughs> I see you've played knifey spoony before. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossip. on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast randy sobel here john farrar over there hello hi john are you having a gigaton of fun today oh i'm i'm having a gigaton of fun are you, you know, dancing I wondered, with clairvoyance i wondered why no one has has done the the headline pearl jam planning to gig a ton for gigaton it seems like that's I just right about it in my head is does that count and <laughs> i, I might have put it as a a status on one of the live on four legs, many social media accounts. I don't remember. But yeah, like, man, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. You know, we've, we've, there's so much going on right now with the single and the, we're, we're finally digesting it a little bit and working on, you know, figuring out what it means and what this album is going to be. And I, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure, and uh, we are, what, 60-something days, uh, less than two months from this release that uh, is going to be the 11th album, and and, and it, it's exciting. I think Pearl Jam World, whether it's positive or negative right now, you know, it's all, everybody's all in on it, and they're all just wanting to consume more and that's the most important yeah. part i think I and said. we're even we're even even shorter than that is the shows because the shows start before the album even comes out sure yeah and who knows if if we get songs that debut at those shows then people are going to be clamoring for those and then we're gonna be like all right well let's figure out how to intertwine it with the podcast here let's figure out how to yeah. get it on our show and uh you know but while we're you know in the middle of this album and and crazy crazy news that's basically happening by the minute it feels uh we're still gonna do our thing we're still gonna cover the history because that's that's just what we do and and whether or not it's the sexy thing to do uh we don't care because this is our podcast and what we set out to do is 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 lecture i suppose and and you know and just reminisce and one of the reasons why we're doing this episode today is because this is a patreon dedication episode to paul and paul picked this episode because he this is his only show sydney australia was his only show in 1998 which is is kind of crazy but the band almost never goes there all right, yeah, my first show was in 98. I didn't see him again until 2012. 
so I understand what you're going through, Paul. Hopefully they'll hopefully they'll come down to Australia either later this year or early next year. You would have to think that it's on the horizon or at least in their in their plans. They haven't been there since what, two thousand and fourteen? Sounds right. Yeah, the yeah. and they were doing big day out festivals. Big day out isn't, mm-hmm. isn't a thing anymore. So, um, but Paul and uh, Paul was nice enough to to write into us and uh, just sort of give give us his story about why he picked the show. And I mean, it's pretty obvious that it's his only show, so he's gonna want to reminisce about it. But here's his story that he was nice enough to send in. He says, "Thank you guys again for doing the show. This is my one and only Pearl Jam show that I've been to. After missing them on their first Australian tour and hearing about." how out of control it was the sydney show on the first tour was held at eastern creek which is a motorsports racetrack in the western suburbs of sydney my friends went to that show and said they had an absolute riot with the place turning into a mud bath after the show copped a torrential downpour of rain the 98 show was held at this this show that we're doing tonight and the the two shows uh, prior to this one, it was a, a three-show stretch. Uh, most of these sh- shows that they did in Australia, the Melbournes and Brisbane, and I think that at least two, if not three shows attached to them. Mm-hmm. That, that that was the thing in a lot of 98 and 2000. They were doubling up a lot. Right, because they knew once when's the next time we're going to be here mm-hmm. these shows are probably going to sell out we need to you know there's there's a lot of tickets that that need to be fulfilled so it's smart by them um uh, held at the sydney entertainment center that doesn't exist anymore and used to be called the ent cent held thirteen thousand people and for this show what he remembers was there was no ga uh the whole thing was seated Look back at the set list, given that it was 1998, he says, I guess I'm lucky because everything I'd want to hear now, I heard then. At the time, unaware, Eddie was rotating set list each night, so at the end of each show, I wasn't upset, but more curious as to why Jeremy and Black weren't, weren't played, but I understand why now, given both songs were played in the earlier two Sydney shows the days before. His tickets were on Mike's side of the stage, first level tiered seating, because the venue was so small they were really close to the stage and not facing straight onto the stage, so we got a fantastic perspective of the interaction between all the band members. The show nice. the show was an amazing show. Two encores, finishing the set with a live was absolutely amazing. Probably one of the standout songs to him was the Hunters and Collectors cover, Throw Your Arms Around Me. We touched up on that briefly uh, when we did the last Around the World episode in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said they're a legendary Australian pub band and Pearl Jam. He knew that they covered their song and uh, had a couple of boots with the cover on it. So he was really happy to hear that. Other than that, probably can't say much more than about the concert than it was an amazing show with the whole band giving it their all. I think it was lucky that it was their last show in Sydney, and that's why we got the two encores. The first encore, I really couldn't ask for much more. After the first, I remember the crowd stuck around and hoping that they would play a few more, and of course they did not disappoint. Hope you guys are well. Looking forward to the new album. Talk soon, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Nice little story there. And Paul is a patron uh, to our Patreon account. And to do what Paul is doing and, and sending us an idea for, for a show, uh, that's that got Paul straight 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 ahead to the line. Paul, uh, 
I think became a patron in November or December. And he told us he, this was the only show he'd been to. And we said, you know what, we're actually doing this little, uh, around the world special. We can slide you in pretty, pretty soon. So he kind of, he kind of moved, moved his way up, but we'll, we'll get to other, uh, <laughs> we have, we have, we have some patrons that have been waiting a little while and we'll get to one, uh, an episode next week for Adrian and we'll get to some in, in February as well. Uh, but um, we were able to make this happen. But again, if this is something that you want to reminisce about and tell your story, like, uh, like Paul just did, uh, either over email and have us read it on the show and just talk about the show or, uh, or like how Deborah did and, and basically give a whole back background of, of your Pearl Jam fandom. We love that. We are absolutely down to do that. But, um, it all comes from, uh, subscribing to Patreon, which is really, it's giving as much back to you as it's giving to us. Uh, we are doing the best we can to put together as many, uh, exclusive episodes featuring new content like dance of the clairvoyance and our take on it when it came out. Uh, the bridge school stuff is out. We're going to do a new evolution episode pretty soon on porch. So there's stuff in the movement. And, uh, if that's something that you really want to do, head on over to Patreon. It only costs a dollar a month. And we absolutely we're, we're building a big community there. Yeah, that's patreon.com slash live on four legs. I want to thank a couple people that joined this week. Kurt Kilberg, Luke Daly, Kevin Murray, and Glenn Bobie. I uh, hope I got those right. Hope you guys are enjoying all the content over there. Uh, just remember, only $1 a month gets you access to everything. So thanks to them. It's an absolutely great deal. Yep. And it, you know, what it goes into is it really, it'll help us do a little bit of merch for the tours. We're in talks to figure some stuff out for stickers and maybe, maybe t-shirts. We're talking about it. It's, it's in the work. So if you guys are interested in that, mm. Shoot us an email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, don't be, don't be shy. Send us an email. If you want to talk about, you know, your favorite show, like we're, we're always putting stuff in the queue. So I know people hate people in Pearl Jam world hate that word, but, <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, we got a lot, we have a lot to, to do. We have the around the world episodes and a lot of Patreon stuff that, that we got to cover. So, yeah. And, you know, like I always say, the, the more people that donate, the more interaction we get. That only makes us want to do more for you guys. So, 100%. Um, yeah, we and we love talking. If you you can email us about anything, if you want to argue about something we said, I'm totally down. John um, will fight you. Yeah, um, I went back and forth with Aurelian about about Pink Floyd uh, last week, but uh, <laughs> it uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I like I said, we I love talking about this band and and their shows and their there's such a rich history that we're we're only scratching the surface of so we definitely want to hear everybody's stories out there yep it's only the beginning and we're you know we're going to continue doing this for as long as we can do it and we're happy to do it right now especially in this time that's such a a rich yeah. time in, in Pearl yeah Jam now's history, a, now's so. a great time to jump in on the patreon so if you've been thinking about it uh yeah i'd, I'd recommend doing it doing it this week doing it right now yep and just so you know if you join in March and in April, when they're doing the shows, we're going to have our pretty much instant analysis after the shows end. We'll probably have something for you the next morning. Just yep. saying. Yep. Just saying. So if you guys are interested in that, and I know it's it's stuff that people talk about on the boards all the time, but again, uh, you know, 
just contributing to our cause and, and getting this podcast off the ground. So, uh, but we love you whether you're a patron or not anyway. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming as we head back to 1998, uh, an era that we haven't really covered on the podcast too much. We did two, two 98 episodes last year, very early on because we were doing the MSG series. And I kind of said that, there really wasn't a lot exciting in 98 because they had they weren't changing could not be more wrong i i you know what i was naive to say that because i was just looking at set lists and i wasn't listening always listen never never speak uh what what's the arrested development quote uh seen and not be heard something like that something like that yeah. yeah i don't i don't remember uh but um I I was I, I would look at ninety eight Cellus and I would see them and I would say, you know what, they're not playing this and this and this and things kinda look pretty similar night yeah, in. You know, we're out. kind of just, we're we're kind of in that era where, you know, a lot of those early songs like Deep had disappeared, Why Go had disappeared. Yeah. At the time of this, Breath hadn't come back yet, Leash had disappeared. They were they were definitely changing. This was uh this was a, a time of change in Pearl Jam. That this ninety eight tour definitely was uh was the start of a, a different different era for them. Yeah, and this is sort of around this time period becomes the end of an era um, because it's the last shows of the Jack Irons era, and right. um, you know this this show happens on March twelfth. This is about a month after Yield is released, and you said you've said it before. Um, in 98, they weren't at the top of their game anymore. Yeah. I mean, the, the well, music maybe not the top of their game, but they had, weren't had at changed. the top of the music yeah, industry. In yeah. the, in the, you know, the public perception, you know, if you think about what, what happened in 1980, you had the beginning of like Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, that whole thing was starting to take off. You had the Limp Bizkits and Corns of the world that were starting to, starting to take over, you know, your TRLs and stuff like that. The Sublime thing was in full force. Uh, so, yeah, like Pearl Jam was kind of an afterthought. It was like, oh, they're still around? You know, so they kind of – the the no-code experiment had worked, right? They they filtered out a lot of the fans. So the people that stuck with them were the people that really cared. And a lot of them are probably listening to this podcast right now. Um the ones that stuck through it and and got them through the, that 98 tour and that 2000 tour, that 2003 tour. And it was kind of the beginning of, of the modern era of Pearl Jam, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Right, Like pretty much right after this when, when you get Matt Cameron sort of joining the band. And mm-hmm. the story's kind of funny that, you know, Stone is on the phone with him tel- talking about Wellwater Conspiracy. And he's like, wait a minute, Ed wants to say hi. And Ed's like, uh, Matt, um, we need a... A drummer for the summer. Um, what are you doing this summer? And Matt's like, uh, not doing anything. All right, cool. Yeah. And thinks it's sort of how you know the demos went, where you know he would fill he filled in on on the mama song. Right. And he was just doing you know doing them a favor, and uh, and here we are. And Matt's pl- uh, mimicking a drum machine on their eleventh album. So. Whew, man. Crazy, time right? flies time flies it does um but yeah but, so yeah like you said yield had just come out we'd we'd had the the monkey wrench radio broadcast in in january where they premiered a lot of the songs 
I remember that was a big deal. You know, it was kind of the self-pollution radio part two where they were just kind of DJing and had some friends play. And it was, that was great. And I remember, you know, hearing that. Um, and yeah, like, two, like 1998, that, that was the first year that I saw them. I've been waiting a long time. So yeah, uh, a lot of stuff going on in 1998. Yeah, and even, you know, just small points from the first two Sydney nights. Night one was the first ever interstellar overdrive into Corduroy, which is pretty important. Yeah. Uh, and then night two was the first ever push me, pull me. Night two is the set list I looked at, and I'm like, ah, that's that's the one. That's the one I wanted to do because you got Oceans and a Brain of Jay. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get to it someday. We'll get to it someday. Yeah, we'll wrap back around. I mean, you know, we could be here forever with the thousands of shows that they've done. So. Sure. Sure. Um, but really, this is kind of a story about Jack and and the latter days of Jack being in the band and how it sort sort of all ended for him. And it was really personal. Um, he has bipolar disorder, and he was going through a lot of issues at the time where he wasn't taking any medication, which is a huge problem. If you're out there and you suffer from any sort of mental illness, please, please medicate yourself and if it's not working go out there and figure out a way to make it work there's always a way and it's hard work it's frustrating but there's always a way to figure it out and you know what it might work for a time period but there's going to be a time where it's not going to work anymore there's there's a new way there's another way yeah Just, i can't even imagine what he was what he was going through trying to get through these shows every night and being a right. part of this band and everything like i you know I, I can't blame him for for stepping aside and being like guys i just can't do this anymore like they mentioned they they say he had a major manic episode during this australian tour like he wasn't sleeping he was having yeah. panic attacks he would he would think he was having a heart attack in the middle of the shows and like man it must have been just crazy for him i wonder if the other guys in the band even knew yeah, it's a really personal thing, and I think that back in 98, you know, people aren't talking about their mental illness as much. I, I see a lot of things today, and it's more – people are a lot more open about it, which is great because I think the more that people are open about it, the more that we get to learn. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. I think most oh, – Yeah, members, some, some of the stigma has come off, I think, definitely. It, it's it's something that if I know if I was in Jack's position, I wouldn't want the rest of the band to know because one, the first thing that you think is that they're not going to understand and that they're mm -hmm. going to tell you things that you don't want to hear. And or that he's going to think he's letting them down, you know, because like, sure. they were nice yeah. enough to invite him into the band. He's he's kind of the new guy still at this point. Like, right. He he. He was invited personally by Ed to join, like, as a favor, so he doesn't want to feel like he's letting them down. Like, and again, we're just speculating, but yeah. it, there must have been so much going on for him at the time, like, if you feel for him. Brand new album, like, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot riding on, on this, and, you know, to be so far away from home and, you know, I, I know that he's married and ha ha has kids, so um, you got to think that if he has family that he has to get in touch with they're probably on two different they're on two different sides of the world they're not being you know he can't just call at 9 a.m and say hello because it's probably sure i i don't know the time difference but it, they they would have to find really specific times to 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 get together and it just 
it doesn't work as well. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on. And I, I really feel for Jack in this era. Cause it, you know, it, it's tough. And, and I know that touring can be tough on a lot of people being away from home for that long. And, and, you know, especially going through some mental illness issues. And, you know, he even said in the PJ 20 book that, you know, it, it was something where he felt like, he felt a lot lighter when he was off his medication that he felt mm-hmm. like, you know, the, that things weren't affecting him as much. He was able to live and those things might be true, but also those things don't, they don't resolve panic attacks. So that's a major issue that it, it just needs to be attended to. And especially when you know, when you have this mental illness and I think most people, that go through it think that they can drive through it, that they can be past the medication if it's not working. And unfortunately it always at the most inopportune time comes back to kick you in the ass. Yeah. And like, and you wonder like what would have happened if, if things had been different, you know, if he had been able to work it out and stayed on the medications, if he'd been able to work through this tour, cause he was, he was such a good fit for what they were doing. Like, yeah, like we've, you know, my, my, my take on the drummer thing, like, you know, Dave, a, is a great drummer, but I think like he he was kind of a square peg in a round hole for what they were doing, where they yeah. were going. And Jack was such a good fit for them. He locked right in and was it was really, really a nice groove that they had going on those two albums that he played on. And it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if he'd been able to stick around. Yeah. Um who who knows who yeah. knows how the two thousand incidents would have would have played out and uh I you just can't predict that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I think we're all happy to have Matt there and we think that Matt's a pretty good fit as well, but you know, it, it is kind of a different alternate universe of what, what could have been. Mm, yeah, so yeah. we start off this show with a little Jack Diddy as they come on the stage, rocking and bopping to the red dot, which hasn't actually had an actual live play. But it's been yeah, it was it was time. curious that they didn't they didn't attempt it in Milwaukee. It was I thought they would try to try to recreate that a little bit, but I guess the not up. You gotta, up you gotta have it. kettle drums and right. there's there's a lot hey, of moving pieces. They, they, they can do it if they if they can carry an accordion around on tour, they can do some kettle drums. <laughs> well, that's the thing; they don't carry an accordion around. <laughs> I have a feeling. I have a feeling they will this year. I have a feeling. Okay. I, who knows what kind of crazy shit they're going to yeah, put yeah. on Gigaton, but I can see, I can see River Cross having some accordion on that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's open to interpretation. So you get the red dot and, uh, that takes you into the tiptoe version of sometimes, uh, like this early sometimes where it's very close to the album version. And sometimes now is turned into such a sing along that you sort of forget that it, it has, sort of some ominous undertones to it. Yeah, it's it's got that it's still got that tension to it that the the album version has. I really liked it. But it's also so quick and it's like probably less than 2 minutes. Um and 
I think that blends in really well with what you have afterwards when you get into all the rockers here, starting with Do the Evolution as their second song, um, which I love, by the way. I didn't realize when, you know, digging into to more 98 shows that this would come up every now and again. You know, Do the Evolution would be played number three in 2010 in, in some points and then a little bit later after that. But this is this song. I'm not sure if it, the video came out yet. But it's definitely one of the more popular songs off Yield at the time. Oh, definitely, and it's 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 one of those chameleon songs. Like it can it can open a show, it can close a set, it can be in an encore, it can be in the middle. Like it's it's a it's a great crowd moment whenever. And at this time, I you know I'll have to we'll have to hear from Paul if he remembers. But uh, the you know Shudder to Think was the opening band on this tour. The great band, uh, you know from from DC they had a couple of great records on Discord then they kind of broke in the mid 90s and so i think this was like an ed hand hand picked them to come on this tour and the singer is a is a man named Craig Weedron who's gone on to do a lot of film scores and things like that but he has a really great falsetto and i think at the time he was coming out and and doing the the hallelujahs on do the evolution we'll have to hear from Paul if he remembers that but i, I think you can i think he was probably on in this one too kind of hear that the hallelujah was was at least more prominent in this and i was just thinking that maybe it was just jeff being more loud back then than than he was than he is now but um it does sound different Mm -hmm. i will put it that way and and ed just throttling his voice from the very beginning like he's oh yeah he's going for it this was a really good at night this was yeah he was on he was on point with a lot of this and this was um, I have been listening to Jamily Matters a little bit lately, and I have to steal a phrase from them. Uh, this show is a punk jam show. They've used the term punk jam okay. to describe some of Pearl Jam's more, you know, four chord punk kind of songs. And we'll cure them later. Habit and spin a black circle and whipping and you get a brain of J and a habit brain of J hell hell MFC, right. like yeah. There's a lot of that stuff in here, and that a lot of those songs that we just mentioned are you know pretty close to the top of my list. So this is the kind of show that I love. But one thing that I was listening for in Do the Evolution for early version that I was really curious about was I wanted to hear if Stone was going to come close to hitting the solo that he hits on the album. And uh, just like he does now, it, it's something that he has never replicated i guess but yeah it's really cool though i think i think i really i really liked what he did with it some it's got a little bit of like a delay effect on it and it's sa- it you're right it sounds cool i was just wondering because that little when he go, when he does that kind of uh in between part where on the album it's and he usually does it live now 
I wanted to see what he did with that, and it kind of was kind of not much. He kind of just let it progress, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, they were this tour, you know, the especially the beginning of the yield era. The like I mentioned, the the pressure was kind of off. They didn't have the the media spotlight on them that they had in the early '90s, so they could they could be a little more loose and play around with things and kind of throw throw things at the wall and see what stuck. And this is kind of the beginning of you know, them starting to play around a little more with those solos. Like, hey, maybe we don't have to play that exactly like we did on their record, you know? Right. So it could have been, could have been something like that where he was just kind of like feeling it and, and went for it. Yeah, and I think maybe uh, I've heard Mike say it a couple times that, you know, it took him three takes to do the solo on Go. So when it came time to replicate it live, he was like, I'm just, I'm trying to figure it out. He's trying mm-hmm. to replicate what he did on the album, but it wasn't exactly perfect. Maybe Stone not being a lead is just kind of like, you know what? I'll stick to as much of a rhythm section as, as I can here. And Maybe again, you know, you talk about that. rhythm section, like like Jack, again, such a force on these on these yield songs, like really propelling the, the, the music forward and really locking in with the band. It sounds so good. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, these songs have a different feel to them than you get now with with Matt. He's, and then he's so he's so bouncy and like like we mentioned before like we did in that 95 show like his he plays like an octopus like he's he's right. always he's propelling and he's always looking for the next beat and he re- really sounds good on the on the yield songs and the no code songs agreed absolutely we progress from do the evolution into animal hell hell dissident all three rockers in a row yeah, I mean, even Dissident, which you normally think of not as as a punk jam, like I said, song, but yeah, it had had a really cool cool vibe to it, and then they kind of break it up when that in this next little set. Ed again sounds really good. I I, I have to just bring that up. Uh, oh yeah, this is like yeah we we talked about that a little bit last year. This this is an Ed show. Yeah, he. I think they're having fun. I they're come. For, we'll we'll bring this up in just a second because in between Hail Hail and Dissident, uh, they address the crowd for just a second and, and they they talk about their hair. And I go <laughs> back to Five Horizons to figure out what what's going on there. But he said, "Thank you, Five Horizons. Shout out. Thanks, thanks to them for being so thorough back in the day. Seriously. So he says we got our hair done at the hotel salon. It was a five for one deal. The same place Elton got his hair done." Uh, apparently Elton John and Billy Joel were doing a tour down in Australia Mm -hmm. at the same time. So they were wearing wigs and they wore them up till I got shit. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. And only had a, Eddie had a big blonde wig on and yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that was a sight to see. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you hear in this, uh, right before the solo in, is it animal or hell, hell where Ed just screams out guitar. Did you hear that part? Uh, I think it was Hail Hail. Like, was it Hail Hail? I think. Yeah, the, the, all three of those songs just together just sounded terrific. But we get into another yield here with Faithful. And if you were to ask me in 1998, I probably would tell you that Faithful would be staying in set list forever. That it's one that should be played maybe every other night. Oh, yeah. I, that's what I'd be thinking in 98. And it hasn't hasn't ended up that way it, it's become a little bit more uncommon but man is faithful just perfect sounding on a night like this oh especially the bridge like i oh. absolutely love it yeah 
to it now it just it starts off and you get that kind of quiet undertone and then once they get to the chorus and they slam they slam on the gas and they're cooking and it sounds fantastic uh jack again is another standout in this and and ed is going all out on the courses it sort of ends abruptly too which is interesting because we know that you know the ending to this would be faithful to you, but in this they kind of just it it just happened, which is yeah, it hadn't quite fun. hadn't quite gotten the, to that point yet, right? But oh, powerful, powerful version. I, I you know, no offense to versions that are going to happen in in two thousand and twenty, but this is a nineteen ninety eight song for sure. Yeah, and then you get you get a uh, one of the only ten songs of the night in even flow. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, this is not where they were at the time. Like I mentioned, a lot of those songs had dropped off, and it was more like, oh, here, here's this one, right? I could kind of get the feeling that they were, not that Pearl Jam's ever phoned anything in, but the feeling that this was kind of like going through the motions. Yeah, a little except, bit. Except for Mike. And I'm sure that they think to themselves here, and I know this is the third night in Sydney, so I didn't check whether or not they did even flowing alive both nights, but they're probably thinking that we got to at least play these two to the fans that uh, didn't see us in 95. Definitely. You know, it's, they, they they know, they, they, they know why people are there and, and, and they get it. And, uh, and you know what, this, this even flow version too, it's, it's another, it's, it's very groovy and it's not going balls to the wall. The, the solo is uh is not very long it's probably what two one and a half to two minutes long it's it's pretty oh yeah we, we, we hadn't quite hadn't quite gotten to the eight minute even flows yet no no but eddie eddie's going around during this and he's kind of calling out some fans and he, he calls people in the front he says fucking pussies and and right. it's tough to tell why but you know when you get this is 1998 good mood eddie when he's calling people pussies he would never use that word today but Mm -hmm. uh that's when he's in a good mood when he calls everybody a pussy apparently yeah that's all i got um and and you know 
that they're having fun on stage when Stone can take the mic for a second and uh, and joke around. And he says, I can be the reggaist no more. <laughs> but, so I'm guessing at that point, he probably took his wig off. He was probably wearing a reggae yeah, wig. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yes. All right, we figured it out. And then Ed starts singing The Real Me, which The Real Stone, oh, yes. the so real cool. stone is probably him with the reggae <laughs> oh, that, that that probably inspired him to you know because can you see the real me again that that, yeah. was, that was probably when the wigs came off yeah i would think so so that is where we get into i got shit into corduroy back to back and again oh, so good when you get a next to perfect ed show you get these songs where they're meant to just be at full capacity with his voice and they're grindy and they're you know they're at the throttle that that john seems to like there yeah, love I got both shit. of these awesome. songs. And in Corduroy, you know, as you mentioned a, a little during uh, their other songs, you know, they were just having fun. And the Corduroy where he says, oh, it's supposed to be just fun. He goes, it is. <laughs> like, we are having fun. So I thought that was, a, that was a nice little moment. I got shit, Corduroy, MFC. Uh, MFC starts off kind of slow for what it is, but it finds its groove. It finds its groove quite nicely. Yeah, it's great. We get an improv after MSC, though. This is interesting to talk about. Oh, friend, where have you been? Have I said since way back when? Precursor to Untitled, like I think it was, you know, I think it was uh, directed at at Beth at the time. If people remember, I think that was his wife in the yeah. in the nineties. I think this was more like directed at her. I don't think she was probably. I don't think they got to the point where they were bringing them on the tours. Maybe mm-hmm. so. It was probably he was probably missing her, and it was just like a kind of a sweet little improv thing that he came up with i thought it was thought it was nice five horizons does say it's a birthday tribute to her so right yeah if anybody out there knows her birth date she pops up sometimes on my people that you can know on facebook (laughs) i could know her i don't know who threw maybe ed Hmm. but maybe i don't know uh that gets into habit it's a really good transition and it fits in with all the edge shriekiness and uh, 
punk jam that that we got on this show. Um, what was he saying during the speaking as a child of the '90s part? Yeah, speaking as a as a dirty something. I, I couldn't make it out. It was, I, it was going. It very sounded fast. like Zippo. Surfboard? I thought it might have been surfboard. Maybe because I think that he was. I think that was something they were they were doing on this tour. I think they probably went surfing this morning. He talked about surfing later. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it could be that, but uh, maybe it's a mystery that we'll just kind of never figure out. If, if Paul, if you remember, let us know. <laughs> it's it's all on your shoulders, Paul. <laughs> that one line. Please, we're dying. We don't we don't have a show anymore if we don't know in, this one. It's been sticking in your head from for twenty two years. <laughs> uh daughter is uh talkable here, so why don't we talk about it? Um Absolutely. It's a good version, but the tag on it, we get a little candle in the wind. And it seems to me like you lived your A little, another little dig slash tribute to the to the Elton John tour going on at the time. Do you think it's a dig, or do you think he's maybe actually, maybe a little bit? He's friends with Elton now. Well, the, 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 then, I, then was not change, now. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. He's wasn't married to Jill then, and didn't have kids then. He, he wasn't. He wasn't dancing with the clairvoyance in 1998. No, oh, no. Uh, he was just doing the evolution. So mm-hmm. uh, just playing around. That's you know that's cool, but yeah, it gets a gets a huge crowd noise after a big ovation. Everybody, this was probably a lot of people's highlight of the night. I would think so. When when did that song come out? That was Candle uh, in the Wind, ninety uh, two. That, uh, that wasn't the Princess Diana song. It was, but I think it was it re recorded. I think it yeah re released maybe re released. Yeah, okay. I think ninety two okay. or ninety four. I think there's also a WMA tag on this there definitely that is. had a lot of echo on it. So uh, interesting stuff. But they yeah, get is, a this, is, this the, is this the only time they've ever done Candle in the Wind? Only time they ever tagged it? The one and only time it was ever tagged on a song yeah, was yeah. in this building. So. so there you go, Paul. You got you got an OTOTO. But something that. At the time, wasn't being played a lot, which is segueing into our next song. Uh, surprisingly enough, in its seventh performance ever, Nothing Man. Wow, that's cool. It's four years after its release, and uh, you're sort of bringing it to. It's sort of, you know what it is. It's it's Vitalogy's Low Light, where it's a song that maybe they couldn't figure sure, out what to sure. do with it live first, and slow burn. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then they figured out where to put it, and they kind of matured with it, and now it's it's a staple. 
so both of them kind of fit in that same mold but uh i thought for not playing it as much at the time i thought it sounded pretty good here i think everything absolutely on the right spot so i yeah it's so it's 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 so haunting and like yeah it's it's haunting and beautiful and like yeah i loved it yeah good good crowd participation It's it's a sleeper song for me nothing man might be a top 20 song for me wow hot take on the top 20 yeah yeah coming to a patreon near you top 20 pearl jam songs someday it'll take us a while but someday (laughs) um here's one that i know is in both of our top 20 uh given a fly yeah and this here is very notable because you get given a fly this early and jack is the originator of it and i talk about it so often when you hear newer versions and it's just sped oh, up this to the is nines. going back to like live on four legs episode one hot take uh, pretty much pretty much <laughs> this was my this and i hate got some were like the first two things i was known for um but i love when given a fly has that slow burn build to it and then once you get in from that first verse into the chorus and that one chord that gets you into the chorus and takes you away. It's such like a this. it's such a well written song too. Like it's yeah yeah, and like it it seems so slow now. If you can go back and listen to it after hearing some some newer versions, but yeah, it's it's perfect. Like uh, there's not a bad version of the song for me. You ne- you need Jack on it is what it is. It really is. Oh yeah, he sounds so good. Jack song perf- personified. Uh, not to say that you know Matt's doing it a disservice. It just. It gets sped up and and things uh, things change. Yeah, it things happens. Change, right? But you know what? We have recordings of this, and they sound good, and we can appreciate them. And that's half of why we do this: that we can go back and listen to "Given a Fly" the way that it should be performed live, and uh, and appreciate. It. Yeah, definitely. And you know, we haven't we haven't given away a bootleg in a while. Is there something we can do? for the people that are listening to give away a bootleg at this show so they can hear. Well, yeah, I think, I think the best thing to do, I would love to do a giveaway for anybody that donates to the Australian wildfires that are happening. Um, what I'll do is 
probably the Facebook post for this episode. I will put a donation uh, mark on it and donate whatever you can, whatever dollar amount. And, you know, this is strictly, you know, we, we just want to give back as much as we can to, to our friends in Australia that I know are having a really tough time. And, and this episode sort of came at, at the right time where we could do something good for some people. So, um, uh, we'll pick somebody at random or maybe, you know, since it's a bootleg, maybe we have enough to go around. If everybody, yeah. If you donate whatever you'd like to whichever charity that we decide to choose on this day, uh, we will send you bootlegs from these Australian shows. We'll send just, just yeah, send, send you a bunch. bootleg. Yeah. yeah. I think Love that's it. a great idea. Love it. We, we worked it out. Look at that. We worked yeah. it out. I knew I wanted to, to get some Team charity work. stuff in there somewhere. Yeah. Live yeah. on four legs. That's how the legs work. That's right. Um, so now you get back more into the punk stuff with Spin the Black Circle, and it's just, you can tell the crowd is just rabid and, and pumped for it, and they, they're loving, I feel like the song choices are in cahoots with what how how the crowd is right now. If if they were yeah, it's, it's probably to come a good out thing there, there was without, no probably a good thing there was no GA because it, it would have been crazy. Oh, you would think, right. You would think. Maybe that's why Ed was calling people pussies in the front. Maybe, before. maybe. I, who, who the hell knows? But um, I, I would think that if they went out and played without really a structure for a set list and they decided after a couple songs, all right, what's going to fit this crowd? Spin the Black Circle would be that song that they they would add to it. It just kind of fits the how the crowd was responding to these. Yeah, it's and as soon as that riff starts, you just it makes you want to jump around and go crazy. Afterwards, we get an improv. It's called Sid Sin City Blues, and on Five Horizons, it says it's a like part of an ACDC song, which I right. actually yeah. don't know. Um, yeah, there's an ACDC song called Sin City. I think they there was something where he was he's stalling for time or something. I forget what was yeah, happening, but I think he was getting a guitar on. Right. Right. And they, they're going in a wish He kind of, he kind of told them like, Hey, jam on something for a minute. And I think it was probably Mike being the ACDC fan probably yeah. just took that as an opportunity since being in Australia, you know, when, when, uh, when in Australia play the ACDC. So yep. a little, little hometown nod there for them. Yep. Yeah. Um, although I didn't love, uh, you know, I, I throw this out the window now that, you know, think about uh, why they did this, but I don't love this little improv. If it were planned, I wouldn't plan it before Wishlist, but that's, I guess, not. Oh, yeah, just really... a little, just a throwaway little thing to yeah. this time. I don't think it right. affected so the, it the pace of the show at all. Really doesn't matter here. Yeah. But um, you get Wishlist in its original form as faithful and given a fly in their original forms. And, you know, a lot, I, th- I think this is one of the few that I actually like a little, to be a little bit more upbeat and poppier and faster, but, um, interesting because wishlist has always been the song where at the end they can just kind of improv and yeah. As soon into, after this, uh, that they started doing the buzzcocks, like, why can't I touch it? Right. Really liked that. I, I wish that had stuck around. Wish I called a 30-foot wave. The story is I could tell. I guess I 
is ever growing I suppose and if we're hearing it on tour this year I'm sure he's going to wish for a lot of uh, climate and politically charged things you would think yeah can't blame him so you can't deny him either (laughs) Uh, more punk with whipping and uh, after whipping Ed gets into a little bit of discussion about traveling and says that they they pack light like one backpack and now we're taking home suitcases of all the memories that we made and he says we'll get them home but we won't know what the fuck to do with everything but it would be nice to sit back and take in what happened the last few days and that that takes us into uh, a rearview mirror that just feels really atmospheric and you know we we can't get enough about talking about rear oh yeah mirror it's fantastic and this this, this is, one gets really quiet Mm-hmm. I really liked it. This is this is long open road highway, you know, see the see the horizon out out in the open kind of version. I'm I'm into this. I'm into most bridges oh, yeah, and, and mirrors. But then, is, but, but then when it kicks in, it it kicks in hard and it gets gets really screamy and really fast at the end too. Yeah, uh, the bass sound on this bootleg is not the best. So when Jeff's bass come comes in, it's not incredibly prominent but i kind of like that because there was no like sludge on it it was just kind of sort of in the background with whatever stone and mike were doing but you know it was it it was power it was powerful in that room you know yeah it had oh yeah yeah it's one of it's one of those moments you know that when when you hear it you feel it as well so that's yeah the, the recording equipment it was was it was getting better in 98 it wasn't like 93 95 and we were we were getting there but uh, it still wasn't, still not an A plus bootleg. That takes us into the encore. We start off with Go and Stay to Love and Trust. Yeah, but did you notice too before before we get to that? What? Did you notice the main set? They did not. There weren't two songs back to back from the same album the whole time. They really did a good job of mixing up these albums. I wonder at this point if they're saying we have five al- albums under under mm-hmm. our belt, we can we can do this. We can make sure that everything gets spread out uh, enough. Yeah, but it's 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 mixed up very nicely. You know, a lot of those, even a lot of those 95 shows, they would do like a Vitalogy run and then a 10 run yeah. and a Versus run. But by this time in 98, they're just like, fuck it. You know, they will just play whatever we want and mix it up, you know. It's, it goes more to, you know, it's, it speaks to their attitude and mentality of this show and, and it, you know, like we said, it seems like they're just having a lot of fun, and especially and, on like on a, on a, the last night of a three night run, right? You know, yeah, they're just hey, let's let's do something, let's do something weird. You know, it was on purpose. I'm sure Eddie making the set list was like, hey, you know, let's let's mix it up tonight. I can see him doing that. Well, I'll steal a quote from you. Eddie is the master of putting together set lists, and he, he can definitely never is. do no wrong. He can never do wrong. So that's right. Uh, Go and Stay to Love and Trust is what starts off the encore, and Mike is in a shredding mood this night. Ed is still in great shape with his vocal cords, and uh, I mean, back then you weren't getting you know cool down encores. You weren't oh, getting yeah, yeah. you know you wouldn't get like an oceans to start an encore. You're coming back and you're shredding, and and 
you know, it, it's still wild. So I, I, I love this. I appreciate this here. Oh yeah. And in state of love and trust, like one of the, one of the only early songs you get along with the live and even flow. So that's a cool moment as well that they would break and break out something like that on a night like this. Yep, and that's got the the slow burn groove to it, and you know Jack sounds really good in, in versions of State of Love and Trust. It's one of, I think, probably one of the best transition songs for him. That you know when he took over for Dave A, uh, it, it's just one that really worked out in his favor and sounded terrific. Yeah, for our for our new patrons, you can go back and check out that Evolution episode. Yep, yep, State of Love and Trust Evolution, as well as. Alive and Leash, Leash and Wash, Corduroy, and Hopefully Soon Porch. We're getting to it, but hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, it's 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 there's a shred fest going on in Go, especially. It's Mike is mm-hmm. he's getting his platform, so it's Ch- channeling the the Angus Young. I would say, yeah, he's not channeling Elton John. That's for sure. <laughs> Brain of Jay in the encore, so speaking my language here. Ooh, absolutely. Uh, oh, man, their yield choices on this night are kind of all like the mainstays from the album. You know, there's no pilot, there's no push me, pull me, there's no, you know. No lo- yesterdays, lo- yeah. Right, yeah. These, these are the ones No in hiding. That, yeah, even in hiding being a little rare, yeah. Um, you know, low light. Like we said before, later Low Light would be more of a prominent song. But these are kind of as much of the mainstays in setlists now that we've seen. And and No Way didn't appear until later in the fall. Oh, that was was that debuted in in Atlanta? No, I think it was the second or third one. Got it. Okay. But even even so, a a lot of these songs and, and their trajectory and how often they've been played live uh like no way and push me pull me and pilot and right. a couple of those others they, they just even to this day stay under about 20 plays and that is kind of kind of crazy to think about because yield is yeah. you know it's such a prominent album and some of those songs have less plays than some of the weird stuff on binaural which is very interesting but uh, I mean, Bryn J hopefully stays around for much, much longer. I have yet to see it. I got at least four chances to see it this year, but but give me it. Give me all your Bryn J. Please. <laughs> Please do. Who's, who's got the brain of JFK? Because Randy wants it. What's it mean to me now? Exactly. Uh, all right. Before ending the first encore, Ed uh, says that I'll send you off with one and tells a story about being 14. And this song, of course, being written a long time ago, 
not that long ago, but, uh, you know, this was pre-Pearl Jam, of course, Better Man being a bad radio song. And he says to come to his country and have it be received so well is neat. But one thing I knew about Australia was a surfer named Mark Richards. And I bumped to him on an airplane once and thought he was Pete Townsend. So we got an (laughs) autograph and the autograph said, life is short. Don't waste it. Go surfing. So when people ask me for an autograph, I tell them, fuck off, kid. Get a life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I love it when he's. When he's loose like this and you get a little bit of behind the scenes of like what he was thinking when he was younger, when you get like a little bit behind the scenes on the songs. Like we we talked about it in the Greenville show when he talked about Elderly Woman and kind of how that song became what it was and like a little bit of the background of it. I love it when they they do that at the shows and like give you a little tidbit of of what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and I feel like for... 98 it's it was the time where that was starting to blossom i I don't think we were seeing a real lot of it in 95 ed was talking he was either bantering back and forth with the crowd or he would not necessarily get as right he wouldn't get as personal it would just be about things that you know he felt uh you know like he had to stand against or for um but yeah when when you get to kind of get inside of his head and, and learn who he is as a person. It's, uh, it's always a treat. And, you know, now he's, he's told just about every single story there is to tell. All right. So, or, well, we've got, we've got a few years, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to, to say. make up for, so hopefully we'll get a lot right. of them this year. Right, right, right. So that gets to better man. And this is a really early, uh, save it for later tag on better man, which is kind of, um, you know how, in Better Man, they kind of have that little bridge into Save It For Later, and they kind of do the call and response. Save it for later. Save it for later. Save it for later. Yeah, I think it probably just came about by him him hearing that English beat song and going, wait a minute, that's the same chords. Right. That's better, man. We, we could do that, you yeah. know. Throw Your Arms Around Me opens the, the second encore, and, and like Paul said in his opening note, it was a treat to get two encores out of them and kind of unexpected, and it being the last, the, the last show in Sydney uh, seems to, to fit just, just, just perfectly. So we talked about it that New Zealand show, we didn't think that we would, we would get it so soon. Uh, but we spent some time on it. So, um, but we get it again and and it's nice actually getting a song in a a show now. Um, I love, I I love the song and it just, 
Eddie at the time is not going on stage and playing things by himself. He's it hasn't gotten it was, to that point yet. It was yet. rare. Yeah. You get it in 2000 a little bit when he's doing Soon Forget when he pulls out a and the, ukulele. And he, and he started doing presets too, I think, where he would come out right. before the opener and, and do a song or two. Yeah. Yeah, that was around that time. But he wasn't doing it too often. And something like this would pop up in one of them. But man, is this just. This is this is a great version. And I think like. Oh, it's fantastic. My favorite part when he. he, he gets and, and just uh, enunciates that uh, shouting into the blue summer sky part. Um, uh, it just got, it has a lot of passion to it. And uh, you can hear that the Australian fans, they love this song. And, and that's what Paul was saying, that they're big fans of hunters and collectors. And it's kind of, you know, a, uh, a hometown thing, so to speak. But this is, this was great. I, I, I really love this. Oh, yeah. They have such a knack for picking, covers that you know that it might not be the the most popular song but it might be the best song like they they really are good at at finding those obscure songs and and giving them a platform and and playing them at the perfect time yeah and that's what sort of makes a lot of their covers unique to them when you think of songs like uh you know um crazy mary and you think of uh, even some Who songs like The Real Me, like they've sort of taken Rockin' in the Free World in some aspects. Yeah, well, I think sort of, of like, taken. I think of Leaving Here as one, yeah. like one of my favorites. Um, yeah, so many, like, I almost wish that they would do like a covers album. Of, it would be really cool. Of live stuff, even, even throw like a live album of covers. Like it would be, because they've really taken a few of these and made them their own, and this one would definitely be on it, I think, for me. Absolutely. I don't remember. Oh, they played in Wrigley in 2016, right? But it's been pretty rare since then, I would think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, yeah. So, hopefully, 2020, we can bust it out a little bit more again. The 2021 and Australia Tour. That's, you know that they're definitely coming out with that. And if they're doing New Zealand, we got to get some more split ends. <laughs> Show ends off with a live. It's the last it's uh what the the second 10 song you said yeah. there, there were two well third third 10 era song because you did get state oh so, all right yeah second official song off, of 10. off yeah. the albums so that yeah. means you're not getting any porch you're not getting any jeremy nope. you're not getting nope. release oceans all of them black which yeah. is black right why go you're not getting why go at all in this era not at all yeah like we talked about that some of the songs had disappeared during this time but yeah that great great version of alive here yeah, I, I kind of love um, – there was another song that had a false start in this, and you can kind of hear – it might have been Whipping. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't quite remember, but Sounds it right. had like a little bit of a false start, and the crowd sort of reacts to it, and they, they start going crazy, and it's just, you know, they they have that anticipation where they know it's about to happen, and they're, they're like, okay, come on, come on, we want to hear it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then when they get into it, it gets even a bigger roar than it got – uh, on that initial tease, so yeah, and it's it's cool too. You need you don't get a lead better, you don't get an indifference. There's not like a like a cool down, like a thank you. It's like they're going out with a bang with a live. And the mic just goes off at the end, and it and it, and it kind of um, it it brings into the theme of 
them being in a fun mood and playing more of those uh, punk jam kind of songs. Mm -hmm. Um, If they were to finish with a Ledbetter, it really wasn't a Ledbetter night. You know, they didn't start off with a release. I feel like those two kind of are the bookends. But, uh, you know, when you start off with something like sometimes you can sort of bookend it with something uh exciting and something fun and um that would be that would be interesting to look at which which two songs have bookended the most pearl jam shows you know that's something that's be an interesting uh interesting trivia there we could get you could get pretty deep on that i will talk to mr jan tausch about yeah, that yeah and we we're always we're always finding new things to talk about we just when we think that we've covered everything, that we've talked about every single thing in the Pearl Jam mm-hmm. live catalog, we found something else. And to I think of like what's what's going to be the most the two songs that book in the twenty twenty shows the most. You know, I gotta think I gotta think River Cross is going to be near the end. I can see that closing a show. Yeah, yeah. I, I for some reason I just don't see Ledbetter going away anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's just it's. At this stage in the game, some of those songs that they know that are going to work in those spots, I, Porch isn't going away and Rearview Mirror isn't going away and Alive isn't going away. It just... Yeah, I could see... But I can see River Cross even like one in that slow Encore 1 section. That's definitely going to be yeah, there. Yeah. I'm almost assured that that's going to replace Future Days. Right. Yellow Moon, stuff like spot. that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, you would think that... One of those other songs, like I don't know, retrograde or uh, what are the other? Never Buckle destination. Up. Buckle up, right? I think everybody was when when we were kind of trying to figure out what the track listing was going to be. Everybody kind of said, "Oh, well, buckle up is first, right?" Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, not the, necessarily. The but. memes just write themselves, people. All right, all right, all exactly, right, exactly. But no, getting back to it, like alive again. Give Jack another mention. There's some really nice, nice drum stuff in Alive. We talked about it on a couple episodes back, where he's his his take on the ten songs is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's all it all comes together quite nicely in this one. So, uh, your top three. I haven't picked my top three yet. So uh, if you all want right. to go a little all slow, right. you can. Sure, sure. Um, my number three. Uh, I'm gonna say the little the tag of real me and I got shit where they where the wigs come off and you get to see the real them. That would have been such a cool moment to see live. And then great version of I Got Shit, one of my favorite songs. Uh, that's number three. Uh, my number two, I'll say uh, Throw Your Arms Around Me. Beautiful song, great version of it. Love to hear it anytime it pops up. And uh, my number one, I'm going to go back to, to early on and do the evolution with Ed's voice just absolutely throttling and getting gravelly and screaming. It sounds so good. Stone does a nice solo, and then uh, you get the appearance of of Shuttered Thinks uh, from in uh, Mr. Weedron on the Hallelujahs. Thought it was fantastic. I'm going to give my top three for the first time ever in live on four legs history. It's going to be a yield trifecta. All three. Well, I, of I my left. Top moments. I left one for you that I knew you would take. I, I, yeah. I left. I left that one for you. Well, if you think what. If I think what you think is what I think, then it's not going to be that. Okay. So 
they're going to be three different ones, I suppose. But um, yeah, all three are yield songs. It's just, again, when you're listening to stuff from 1998 with Jack, it's how it's meant to be done on the album. It's how we originally had heard it. So it feels more nostalgic to me. It feels like it's put together uh, the way that I grew up listening to yield and not to say that any of Matt's versions are bad because they're not, they're, they're just, they have a different uh, mentality to them. So uh, number three is just following up right up. I, I love you do the evolution in this. I love where it's placed. Um, you know, I, I love the different style of stone solo in it. And Ed is top notch to, to open the show there. Uh, number two is faithful. Cause I said it before, it was another 1998 song that just feels like it should have stayed in set list for so long. And I would love to hear them play it exactly like this again. Uh, not, I mean, they haven't strayed too far away from it, but this, this took me back to listening to album versions of this. And, you know, it, it feels, it feels great. It's just, it's, it's got that, it's got that like high build that I, that I love to it. it. It, it's great. And, and number one is not Brandon J. That's what you were predicting, right? No. Really? Yep. So you're predicting MFC? What what's your number one? Even fly. That was that was my prediction. It was wow. All yep. right. Yep. Because I spoke so highly of uh uh just the past version and going, and going back to episode one. I think it's all come together now. We've heard yep. look, we we've done versions of given a fly on the show that have been matt versions but they've been a little slower but they they haven't sounded like this this is as close yeah, just, you know you and you and matt Helbig don't don't bring former, matt into this former co-host that, that was an early theme of the of live on four legs where you guys would would trash given to fly <laughs> for being too fast and you were wrong I think we can admit now there there's not a bad version of Given to Fly, but yeah, the, this version uh, is right up your alley. And if if Matt was here, he would he would absolutely that would be his number one with, and there would be nothing else to talk about in the show. Yeah, probably not. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of our listeners probably don't even we know who you, he Matt. is because we we possible. He we've had Matt. so Come many. Back. Yeah, <laughs> hello, hello Matt. Matt. Come, Come down. Matt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah, he's been he's been a little more active with all the news about the new album. He's he's excited like the rest of us, so maybe we'll get him to pop in here soon. We've been talking about a February date for him if if we can afford it. So, you know, maybe we'll see an appearance, maybe we won't. If not, yeah. we know he's still listening, so hi. Hey man. Hey. Text you later about Easy Street to remind <laughs> you to send it to me. Hashtag hashtag free Easy free, Street. Please. We know it's there. Anyway, uh what are you rating this? Um, eight. I give it an eight. Solid yeah. eight. It's yeah. It's it's. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's it would have been would have been fantastic. You know, I I wish I could go back and see all those '98 shows. They are all very really cool. Yeah, I mean, you were lucky enough to to see. I, I got one. In yeah, yeah. So I'm mean, that's that's good as as it is. But um, I I unfortunately uh was was not and uh, it took me exactly 10 years to get there but uh 
I'm going to give this show an 8.5 because nice. I, yeah, I liked it a little more than, you know, 8 being my benchmark for solid show, but not making a dent in anything historic wise. I think this, in a sense, does make a little bit of a, a historic dent because it's Jack playing on the Yield songs. There's probably mm-hmm. more prominent shows, like you mentioned before, the Self Pollution show. Yeah, he would uh, only, that he has would Jack only, on he it. He was only. He was only in the band for another week, 10 days. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, once April comes along, he's gone, and, yeah. and we see we see Matt play uh, Wishlist on Letterman. Right. So, yeah, I, I, there's historical significance to it, and you're not going to get a lot of versions w- of these Yield songs with, with Jack. So I, I think it was important that we we got to a show like this at this point in 64 episodes and I'm glad that we did. And, uh, I, I really appreciated, uh, that the work that they put into it. So what can yeah, I say? And, and Paul, great choice. You know, it was, it's, it's a good, a good one to have your only show. Hopefully you'll get, you'll get another one soon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, bring Pearl Jam to Australia. That's the perfect place if they want to if they want to put the platform on for climate change. That's that's the perfect place to do it right there. Mm, definitely, definitely. And keep in mind, like we mentioned before, we'll do some uh, charity stuff. If you donate to the charity that we put up on our Facebook page uh, to donate to Australian wildfires, we will send you a bootleg from this Australian set. So, good day. Yeah, you might catch me in a good mood. I might send you three or four. Hey, you never know. You never yeah. know, John. John sometimes he, he he likes to overdo himself. He can be sometimes, sometimes Santa John there or something. <laughs> uh, you're gonna take a break next week. Me right. first in the gimme gimme's. Take a break. Give me a chance to digest this this clairvoyance thing that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a good idea. And we're gonna bring Buckley back into the show. Uh, it's been about a month since he's uh, he's not been on so i think it's good to rotate him back in and get his opinions on another patron choice episode and that's seattle night Two, two 2018 and that one's for adrian peterson who so it's has a modern been, it's a modern classic it is it absolutely is it was on the top 10 of of the 2010s mm-hmm. decade and uh, it was something that was on our list very early on, and I think we even put it on that uh, that vote the the vote that we did. Remember, it was like Gorge right. and Greenville. Mm-hmm. So since we did Greenville, there's only one show from that list that we haven't even covered yet, and that's Mudfest. Right. So we got to do that yeah. at some point. Yeah. So. That's what we're doing next week, and as for all the Patreon stuff, we'll keep on piling in over there, and you'll keep on, if you follow us on the social media pages, uh, at Live on Four Legs Pod on Twitter, at five Live on Four Legs Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, we're yeah. all over the place. And, and, and we should mention, too, to thanks, right thanks to everyone who shared the, the Edge episode, the fan profile yeah. episode, that was that meant a lot. We had a lot of great, great press on that, and a lot of interest, so... Thanks to everyone who who showed interest in that and gave it a listen. That was kind of a new thing for us, and he was so gracious and so nice to spend time with us. So uh, thanks to Edge. Thanks to everyone who listened to that and shared it. It really means a lot. 
Yeah, and a big congratulations to him. He kind of uh, came on our show and deflected some rumors, and uh, he was working us, guys. He said that he didn't know where these rumors came from, and he hadn't signed a contract, and boom, he shows up in the Royal Rumble. So we're really happy for him, and we're happy that uh, he's back. And for those of you who don't know, uh, he spent nine years uh they told him his career was over. He needed uh, uh, neck fusion surgery, and uh, they told him his career, he would never be able to wrestle again. So to get to this point, uh, really, really good for him. So with him and Becky, we have major representation of Pearl Jam fandom in WWE now. So really excited about that. And uh, I guess this means he won't be going to any shows, but... All right, that about does it for this one. Thank you for indulging uh, some 1998 Pearl Jam here, and this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer, and although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. So for Randy and John, and a little bit of the end of Jack's career in 98 from Sydney, Australia, picked by Paul, one of our patrons, we will see you next week for Seattle. I'm going to kiss you in 155 places. Right out of you. I will make you laugh and make you cry.